Hi, everyone. That that uh, that was a tough game, but uh, welcome everyone to another edition of ECH Post Game Live on this uh, Black Friday. I hope everyone had a really good Thanksgiving. Hope you enjoyed your day. Uh, you know, got got to spend a nice day with uh, you know family, friends, whoever. It's some good food. Uh, but it is it is Friday now, the day after Thanksgiving. Cracking right back at it, and uh, this was a frustrating loss to the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, especially after such a good effort to beat them last week. Um, There's just still searching for a 60 minute effort. I feel like we've said this a few times this season, but you know, we'll kind of break down the exact search for a 60 minute effort and how that came together. Uh, You know, what went right, what went wrong. Uh, But first I want to thank our sponsor for these post game lives flat stick pub. So it's Black Friday. This is the time to get all your great shopping deals in today. But you know what? You don't have to wait. Just You don't have to have just Black Friday. Uh, Flatstick Pub has these season-long specials all season uh, for Kraken games. So before the game, 50% off games. Uh, and after the game, a dollar off beer. And that's not just Black Friday specials. That is year-round specials. But a big thanks to Flatstick Pub for sponsoring Post Game Live. So Let's uh, let's dig right into chat here because, um, you know, let's let's just get started. Let's dive right into this one. Uh, the goodbye 500. It was nice while it lasted. I know it was very nice. The, the brief time at 500, uh, you know, was not to be, but they can always get back there. Um, certainly saying Yanni and Karchi are my favorites tonight. Um, and good to have some positivity kind of at the start of this thing, too. Uh, Ty Cartier, someone absolutely involved in this game, uh, obviously scoring the one goal for the Kraken tonight, but also at the end there, it seemed like he was kind of giving a mouthful to Niels Hoaglander, who hit Brandon Tanev earlier in the game. It was a hard, clean hit, but you know that Cartier didn't forget. It knocked Tanev out of the game. I mean, it's really unfortunate that happened, uh, but Cartier kind of trying to send a message in, in the best way that he could at that point. Ends up getting kicked out of the game didn't really matter a ton um, but like Cartier there is kind of sending the message and then Yanni of course with the fight late in the game showing that you know you're not just going to go away um, you know especially after that hit from Tyler Myers which I'm sure we'll talk about uh, Yanni Gord you know making sure to drop the gloves it wasn't against Myers of course I mean the height differential on that would have been insane um, but you know make sure to send a message that way so yeah good on both of them um uh, this one from Nicole. Uh, oh no, we got a, a sorry, we got a super chat here from Light. There we go. Just showed up on my on my chat window here. Uh, very frustrating that the boys played well for I think most of the game. A better goalie burned us, and the Nucks used their chances. Hope Bjorky and Turbo are okay. Treat the wounds and beat the Hawks. Yeah, I mean that's what makes this game so frustrating. I thought the Kraken did have some really good stretches in this one. The start of the second period, the first ten minutes or so of the second period, I thought were fantastic. That's exactly what you want. I think they were out shooting the Canucks nine to nothing to start the period, and they just looked like clearly the better team. They were dominant there, and they kind of got goalie. Thatcher Demko did his thing. He's a really good goalie. Been playing well this season. And it prevented the Kraken from really being able to take advantage there and tie the game. It feels like it's rare that we've seen this season the Kraken like truly get goalied. We've had games where you make, I think, maybe a, a bad or a below average goalie look really good. And I think that's through things the Kraken were doing, maybe not getting to the front of the net, not generating the type of chances that are high enough quality that are going to get you those goals and take the goalie out of it. But this one just felt like they got goalied, at least at the start of the second. Like they were getting some real good chances. Thatcher Demko was just on it. And it can be frustrating when that happens. I'm sure the Kraken were frustrated by it. And at a certain point, the momentum just started to turn a little bit into the Canucks' favor. And after about three minutes or so of that, they get the goal to make it 2 nothing, And you kind of just felt that goal coming for a little while unfortunate that that happened but uh thank you uh for the super chat light and yeah i think just lick the wounds get back and and take on chicago next they're a beatable hockey team you know it shouldn't be too hard if you bring the full effort and and i don't think they're gonna goalie you uh so that's a good sign at least uh so here from nicole going back in chat uh you enter the third being down by only one and you get two shots only get two shots on goal then proceed to let them get up by three the fight in this team is gone you know, this was another one of those worrying third periods. Like it, this is the second time in very recent memory that the Kraken were trailing going into a third period and only managed less than a handful of shots on goal in the whole period. They just don't have that kind of killer instinct, never give up, need to get back into this game. 
that they had in previous years. And it is certainly a worrying sign. And just when you feel like it's gone away too, it comes back. I mean, something Dave Haxtell said a couple games ago is really stuck with me. He said, I feel like the, there's been good consistency with our effort in the group. But of course, as soon as I say that, we just take a step back. And after that Sharks game, the Kraken kept their foot on the gas and they, you know, they beat the Sharks to the tune of seven to one. And it felt like maybe they were getting over a little bit of those third period issues where you have to go and finish a game. And then, and then tonight happens. Uh, and it's just something they've got to figure out. I, I, I don't know what more to say on it at this point in the season. We've just seen it so much. Um, Let's see, uh, Chazzle Dazzle. So when they, so when they're trading people, Karchi and Gord only one show. When are they trading people? Karchi and Gord are the only ones showing passion and grit. It's tough because they're still. I think I don't know if they're still in a playoff spot right now, but I, I'm sure that's they're not going to panic and start trading people. But um, you know, if they, you lose a few more, you know that would be the time. Dylan and I have already discussed potential moves to make and, and what you'd want to do. Uh, super chat here from Kitty B Kraken. Uh, thank you. Hate the game, like the stream. I like that. Well said. Short and sweet. Remember to like the stream, please. Helps uh, people find it. Thank you for the super chat, Kitty B Kraken. Um, uh, James, so darn soft. How are we letting the hits to Tanev and Bjorki be left to Yanni to handle? Why wasn't the Tanev hit handled sooner? No defensemen want to jump in? Unreal, just no toughness. And as far as the Tanev hit, like this is a problem for the crack at all season. I don't want to make excuses for it, but the Tanev hit was clean. And I think that's part of his frustration too. You saw how upset he was on the bench. And I think that's partly just being upset with himself that he kind of put himself in that position because it was a clean hit, but a really hard hit. And so in a close game like that, I understand not wanting to put the Canucks on the power play right after that. Um, the Bjorkstrand hit is the one where, yes, you want to call there. And I know it's tough to go after Tyler Myers, who is a giant. We know this. But to have no immediate response on that, I don't – what was the score exactly? I'm trying to remember what the score was uh, with the Tyler Myers hit. Maybe you can help me in chat here uh, what the score was, uh, whether it was close enough that you're like, okay, we could still get back in this game. But I would have liked to see a response sooner on that because I, I didn't like that high hit on Bjorkstrand, especially a player who's been going for you like Oliver Bjorkstrand. I know Tanev has been too, but um, you know, smaller guy, maybe can't defend himself as well. You have to have somebody to step in there. Uh, Bryson, even the broadcast wants Hayden. I, I wouldn't mind it at this point. I really wouldn't. Um, and uh, super chat from Light here with some good news. Light says, believe it or not, because basically everyone lost, we still hold a wild card spot. Wow, the losses coming in around the crack. And I think that happened the other night too. Um, getting a little lucky with those out of town results. And I mean, it's it's interesting, right? Because you're holding on to a wild card spot, you are the eighth best team in the West. But you're also at a, like 80 point pace or something on the season. And like, that's not good enough, right? Uh, that won't make you, that won't get you into the playoffs. So, um, you know, the Kraken still do need to improve, but thankfully the things around them are going their way. Um, as I scroll back up to chat here, um, let's see. Uh, Jules, our possible future captain was out there fighting for injured players. Yeah, everyone loving, well, love slash hate Yanni, you know, fighting there, you know, good, good for him standing up for the players. But I think a lot of us, you know, maybe don't like that. He was the guy to have to do it. That's been a theme this season. Um, and then um, <laughs> fusion mix, we're going to get a, a nice draft pick y'all. I, you know, I don't know about that. They're not bad enough to, to get that high a draft pick. Um, Shoe shine four days off to sit on this one bag skate tomorrow. No excuses for this stuff um you know it's interesting because the kraken do have a practice schedule tomorrow so I, I think they might actually do it i dylan and i have been speculating since he's up there and you know we're kind of making our schedules thinking that they might cancel practice tomorrow we thought that before this game but now now i don't know maybe you do have a practice with a bag skate i, I don't know we'll see what hackstall has to say after this one i'm really interested to see what Dylan says Hackstall's take on this one was because there have been a lot of games like this. I feel like recently where Hackstall said that he likes the group's effort. It just one or two things kind of didn't go their way. I wonder if this is another one of those games kind of hope not, but we'll see. I I'm really interested to see what Dylan can relay to us from that. Uh, so everyone stick around too, by the way, we got Dylan at climate pledge arena will join us a little bit later on in this. So uh, you can stick around so we can hear what the players and uh, importantly, Dave Hackstall all had to say about this one um let's see um 
looking through chat here. Yeah, just the, the flat third period, you know, no one no one happy about that. Um, Sergio, I feel so so feel sorry for the boys. Can't find any positive words for what we saw tonight. Yeah, I mean, good stretches just, you know, there, there's, there's a lot of downsides to it as well. Uh, super chat here from Schultz. Thank you, Schultz. Uh, this season, Kraken hockey is known as Kraken hokey pokey. You take one step forward, you take one step back. Uh, yeah, and hopefully the Kraken can turn themselves around soon. Um, but it, it really has been that this season. They just can't string together like these multiple good games in a row. Still don't have a three-game win streak. It, I don't know. It's kind of baffling. You, you see the good sides of things. You see the positives. It's not all bad. Um, you know, there's a reason they're still in a wild card spot, but it, it's the consistency. I know we've said that word so many times in these post games now, but consistency is the key. Um, let's see. Yeah. I mean, Coop, not, not a fan of, uh, of, uh, Myers being, you know, being, uh, no response on Myers for the hit on Bjorkstrand. Um, let's see. Uh, Jules is our rivals one Vancouver two Colorado, then three Vegas since Vancouver always finds a way to hurt our players and we can't fight back against them. I'd still say Colorado is number one on the list of rivals. I think there's just more hatred. There's certainly between the players on the teams when those two play against each other, regardless of what's in the stands. And I think that there's more hatred on the fan side too. I'd still say Colorado is number one because of the playoff stuff. You know, if there was a playoff series with injuries, it just magnifies everything. Vancouver, though, you know, they might be at the number two spot at this point, I think, uh, you know, given the injuries back and forth. I think there's certainly a lot of animosity, you know, right now on the Kraken side of things. And um, also, you know, seeing the response to the video of the Tyler Myers hit on Twitter, because we put that out there and there's been a lot of comments, kind of both fan bases have found it. Uh, you know, there does seem to be some animosity there. Um <laughs> Uh, Gunnar, uh, Gunnar, uh, Hillstad, why does nobody ever continue rolling four lines on the power play? Kraken should have done that tonight. Yeah. And you pointed out the, uh, the power play and, and that's really an area where you can point to the Kraken kind of failed in the first period through the first 16 minutes of the game, the Kraken were on the power play more than half the game, like more than half the time you're on the power play. And they couldn't convert. In fact, they gave up a shorthanded goal. And it's really tough to win when that happens because you know a lot of the calls going forward probably are going to go the other way. And you have to take advantage of that opportunity. They couldn't do it. They couldn't really get a whole lot of quality chances either. Like, And it was everything, right? It felt like the entries weren't working well. It felt like when you did get the entry, moving the puck to get set up wasn't working well. They weren't. They didn't have their heads up. They weren't really looking for guys to pass to who was open and who was not. There was kind of the set. It, to me, it looked like there was a set play of, okay, you're going to pass it to this area and that guy will be open and then he'll pass it over. And then they didn't really bother looking to see if the guy was actually open. It was predictable. The Canucks were able to read it. And that's why they're able to have a couple of the breakaways going the other way. The second one leading to the shorthanded goal. Um, I, I am surprised we haven't seen that at some point from some team just continuing to kind of roll four lines on a power play when it's really struggling. Just put your third or fourth line out there. Have them pretend that it's, uh, that it's even strength. But uh, it has to be pretty bad to get to that point. Um. Yeah, and, uh, and Chip, hard to give a 60-minute effort when the refs are too busy watching your head get shoved into the glass to make a call. And, th and that kind of has to do with what I was talking about earlier. When you have the power play opportunities early, you're going to have calls that maybe don't go your way later in the game. It's unfortunate, but that's just kind of how the psychology of it works on the ref's part, uh, where you know, and if you're the Canucks, you know you can probably get away with some more things because the refs aren't going to call five, six, seven penalties in a row against you. That just doesn't happen. Uh, super chat here from Coop. Thank you, Coop. Coach's challenge has to be changed. Need a microscope to tell and happens a full minute before the goal is such BS, not the spirit of the rule, more of a loophole. Yeah. I mean, I think the NHL certainly overcorrected with the coach's challenge system, certainly on offsides. And yes, you had that play several years ago where Matt Duchesne is like three feet offsides and they don't catch it and the goal counts. And obviously you want to be able to do something about that. But yeah, when you have these reviews that are just kind of based on inches on the offside, it, it especially when it's not directly on the play. Like if you look at last game two, it was on the entry like a few seconds before the goal. So it, you know, it makes sense that that entry, which was offside, led to the goal directly. I, there has been 
uh, some talk of maybe some kind of like a you know statute of limitations type of thing on these reviews. Um, and we'll, we'll see if that gets talked about more. I think it'll take like a crucial one in the playoffs where they have to rewind like a minute after a long shift and then maybe more people will talk about it. Um, but yeah, it is definitely against the spirit of the rule. Uh, another super chat here from Light. Another one because I love y'all. Thank you so much, Light. We love you too. Um, the Kraken are showing a lot of improvement since October, but it's slow. Could lead to a better second half. It's possible. And I, and I do think there is a good point there. We are seeing the areas of improvement. Like, I was going to bring up the power play for one. Tonight's probably not the best night to bring that up. But overall, the power play is improved. You know, you're seeing... Uh, you know, a, a stronger, harder forecheck at times when it is good. The ability to dominate good teams like they did against Vancouver for the first half of the second period tonight, you are seeing that stuff. But yeah, it, the progress has been slow. And just the key is to bank enough points in the regular season where you just can't get too far behind the eight ball. And so far, they're not. But, you know, if some of these other teams around them start to catch fire, that's when it could be a problem. You know, you're kind of on the clock a little bit. It's still early but eventually that progress needs to get there. Let's see, scrolling back here in chat. I'm sorry, there's a lot in chat here, trying to get to as many as I can. Um, you know, if I if I do skip over yours, uh, just, you know, put it back in the chat and I'll try and get to it uh, as, as soon as I can. Um, and then Nicole, has the team been told by coaching to not fight or retaliate? How do those hits not piss them off? Um, I think in close games, yeah, probably. I think, you know, Hackstall, part of his philosophy is, you know, if the game is close, you can't take a dumb penalty to lose the game. You know, that's no way to get back at a team. You know, you can say what you will about that philosophy. Like sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. You know, it's, it's situational. Right. But I think in close games, they're probably told not to not to retaliate there. Um, Hunter, this team is just mid, no better or worse. I mean, for the time being, yeah, they're they're a 500 hockey team. It's weird because they're not you know, they're not just like mid on the ice. They're either really good or really bad. It feels like, uh, which makes it a little bit more, uh, more frustrating. Um, and then, yeah, autumn. I, yeah. A lot of people I see like autumn, uh, you know, others talking about, um, you know, how it's, it's hard to believe they have a real chance when only a few guys seem to care and, and stand up. It's interesting. Like it's, it's hard without being at ice level to know, you know, how much they're, they're annoyed by it. If, or if they don't care, or if they just think, well, the best way to retaliate is on the scoreboard. But, you know, it, it's enough of a trend that, you know, you want to see something more than just, you know, too little too late in the third period. Uh, let's see. Uh, Sean, real concerned about losing Tanev and Bjorkstrand. That is a nightmare. Well, Bjorkstrand came back into the game, so that's good news. Tanev's going to be tough. We'll see how long he's out, or, or I doubt Haxtell will have any kind of injury update for him. We'll ask Dylan when he comes on. Um, but yeah, that'll be tough because Tanev was a real difference maker since coming back from injury. I mean, he provided a lot of spark, a lot of jump, and kind of made the second line work. And so I'm interested to see kind of what they do if he's out of the lineup, if he has to miss time. I'm going to go back and look at some point at the line combinations that Hackstall went with after Tanev was out because uh, he's going to have to change things up potentially going forward. Uh, let's see. Lots of stuff. I mean, it's the same, you know, like things we talked about, Bjorkstrand, Tana being out, the retaliation, the, you know, the fight in the guys, you know, some blame on Hackstall here. Um, but uh, wanting to turn it around against Chicago. Let's see if there's something else we haven't really talked about. Um, Daniel, need more guys on this team that are young, dumb, and hungry. Um, I mean, the the youth, you know, bringing in like Shane Wright and Ryan Winterton, while I I wouldn't, you know, they're young, yes, they're they're hungry, yes. I don't <laughs> I don't know if I'd say dumb, but I get what you mean there, Daniel. Um, you know, and and maybe the time is there for another call up. I mean, it might be necessitated by Tanev being out, but whether that's like Potterowski or maybe you know Wright or Winterton back up, you know, for a little spark there. I, you know, it did seem to work for a little bit, although it you know the energy kind of tailed off after the first game it's the story of the season um chip we have the young and dumb down um let's see um scroll down here oh and like yeah the hit on bjorkstrand was when it was still 2-1 so i i bet you that's why the lack of a response it's still it's still a one goal game and you know, I, I think the Kraken didn't want to, you certainly don't want to take a penalty, put the Canucks on the power play with a chance to put it away. I know that kind of happened anyway, where they made it three, one, but you want to give yourselves a chance. So 
I, I understand there you take a number and, and you try and make them pay later. And I think that's probably what they did. Um, but you know, you have to, I don't know. I'd like to see a better response than like Yanni going after someone who didn't do anything. It just, it just feels like it doesn't make sense. Um, let's see. And then Rick, a little done to improve the team this off season. No surprise that they're struggling. And yeah, I mean, kind of pointing at Ron Francis a little bit, it's tough. The Kraken didn't have a whole lot of cap space this past off season to really work with. And so, I mean, next off season is really the time when you have the cap space to make a major addition, but certainly someone like a William Nylander would make a world of difference on this team. Something going forward, maybe to, to look at if, if this season continues this way. Oh, and uh, Brooke, tomorrow is a season ticket holder event practice. Planning on going, curious to see what happens. Okay, so then they're definitely going to have practice tomorrow. If it's a season ticket holder event, I can't imagine they will cancel that. Yeah, I might see, uh, you know, a bag skate or some, uh, you know, some, some punishment there. I, I don't think Hackstall will resort to the language that he did last statement practice uh, at this one, if it's a season ticket holder event, but that's really interesting. So guess practice will happen. Um, yeah. Sean saying, oof. Yeah. So thank you for the, uh, for the info there, Brooke. Yeah. That's interesting timing for a season ticket holder practice. We'll, we'll kind of see what they end up doing. Uh, you know, how hard he ends up skating the boys there. Um, let's see. Uh, Chip, yeah, the coach's challenge was awful. It wouldn't have helped much in this case, but come on, man. Yeah, the other thing too is I, the Kraken, it feels like, again, step forward, step back. They responded really well from the coach's challenge that took away a goal against San Jose. I mean, they kept their foot on the gas. They kept scoring. They did their thing. And then in this one, you know, I, I felt like they, um, you know, there was a little bit of a, a lull there after that goal was disallowed. Um, and then Chazzle Dazzle pointing out, we do have an easier couple games coming up. Must wins, though. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you do need to get these points against some easier teams. And hopefully the San Jose game was a sign of, of good things to come as far as just taking care of business against these guys. Because um, uh, you, you just you need to do that. I, I don't know what more I can say on that. Um, um, let's see. And yeah, Chip with a little bit of positivity in here, you know, this is a disappointing loss, but our last five games were still decent. Can't be all doom and gloom based on this game alone. And like, there have been some good efforts in there. I think the frustration is just that we see how good this team can be when they're playing the way we know they can play. It's just, it's just getting it consistently that, you know, they're not able to put together and we see the potential there. And that's kind of what makes it frustrating. I think, um, you know, the reality on the ground still or in the standing still isn't that bad. It's, it's just, you know, knowing there's the, the potential wasted there. Um, and then Jessica, I'm more worried about the potential injuries. Yeah, that's, that is a legit worry. Certainly if Tanev's out longer and, you know, we'll see, we'll see if Bjorkstrand's okay. Um, but yeah, that's, that's gotta be the biggest worry for the Kraken out of this game tonight is just, you know, how is Brandon Tanev doing? And I, we'll see maybe if we get an update tomorrow, I bet we'll get an update tomorrow if they're going to have practice. Um, you know, that's going to be really important. We'll keep our eyes on that. So, you know, follow us on social media, you know, the drill, uh, circling Seattle sports. How many more therapy sessions will I need before I'm healed doc? Um, I don't know. I, you know, the therapy sessions, it, you know, it helps. There's certain things you can control in life and certain things you can't control and the things you can't control, you know, they're always going to be that way. We can't control what the crack can do on the ice. Um, but these therapy sessions are here to help you control what you can control, how you process that, uh, you know, how, how you work through it and, and having some community to help us all kind of get through games like this together. So I guess that's maybe the best Best answer I can give on that front. Um, uh, Sean, some of these bad home performances are getting really are really getting scary. That being said, it was really good seeing the strong turnout at KCI this morning. Yeah, that was awesome to see. And I'm glad Dylan got to be there to see it because I, I do see that stuff sometimes when you have a morning skate on a day where, you know, people generally don't have work and they turn out. They really do like fans Kraken fans can pack KCI for these morning skates and it is awesome to see uh the atmosphere there with everyone there um and so I'm glad Dylan got to see it just to you know to be there in the building it's not the same as just kind of seeing a picture or a video um and you know what 
shout out to the Kraken fans. I mean, look, there says a lot that we, you know, we've got so much, many of you in here. It's, it's all the same thing, right? It's, it's devoted fans that make this fan base what it is. Um, and that's good to see. And, you know, hopefully people aren't getting too discouraged, but seems like they're not, you know, even after an up and down season, the people turning out today, uh, that's awesome. Um, and then and Viren with a, a different kind of opinion on the fighting here. I still don't buy that fighting has any real deterrent effect. It makes the fans happier, and that seems like about it. Uh, and and what's the plan if Hayden gets injured in a fight like he did last year? There's so many other issues with this team. And, you know, I'm I'm usually not in favor. Of, like, I don't think having a goon in the lineup is, it helps as a deterrent. I really don't. Like, that's kind of been my philosophy for years. Um, but I think there has to be a certain uh, response from the team as a whole, just that if something like that happens, the other team knows that they're going to have to deal with a response from you. And it's not like having a goon in the lineup to go fight the other team's goon. I think I've always thought that's kind of ridiculous. Doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, but whoever is right there in that moment. And the problem is, I think, with this team that just nobody seems to be willing to do that in the moment. And so at least if you have a guy like Hayden there, he is willing to do it. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think it's certainly not going to solve a lot of the other issues here. Um, all right, good news. We have Dylan here joining us from Climate Pledge Arena. So let's get Dylan on the screen. Hey, Dylan. Hey. How you doing? Uh, you know, it's kind of a down, up, down homestand for you. Um, yeah. But I'm, I, I'm really interested in what the, res you know, what the reaction was from the players and coaches after this one, because frustration certainly seemed like the word of the day, at least in the word of the third period for the Kraken. Was that frustration showing or, or was this kind of one of those where the guys just, you know, kind of you get in, get out? I wouldn't say frustration so much as disappointment. Um, it had been stunned first and I mean, bummed out is I guess a good place to start as far as where he was at. Uh, to be perfectly honest, I think it was just, you know, is what it is, right? Like you knew you could beat this team. You did it a week ago. It's a big divisional matchup. The team's been on a roll. You're coming off a high against the Sharks last game. And you came out as flat as you could. You weren't able to capitalize on the great chances that you were getting going in the early second period. And then in the third period, the game just completely goes away from you, right? It just totally got away from the Kraken. So I, I just think they were kind of frustrated with that. I mean, Haxtell wasn't, uh, this was not the most upset I've ever seen Dave Haxtell. I will say that. Um, just, you know, it was one of those, like you knew, no 60 minute effort there, right? You can't play parts of a hockey game. This is a big whole thing. And, and it's true. And that's what they did tonight. Yeah. So before we get to the couple super chats I have here though. So Haxtell was not pleased with the effort. I think, is that fair to say? Yeah. Okay. Just wanted to make sure, because there have been yeah, some games where, like, you know, they've, they've lost even big, and he's like, well, I like the underlying stuff of how we played. This this one, he was not. He knew the effort. No, I mean, there. his whole thing today at Morning Skate was they needed to start this game and set a tone and set a pace that they could finish and have for the full 60. And so he was very much on the idea of them not starting this game, not getting going. The first power play, you give up two breakaways shorthanded, right? They end up scoring shorthanded on one of them. He was all about that. Didn't focus so much on the poor finish. Uh, really felt like, you know, he wanted them to start strong. He wanted them to try to dictate this game. And instead what happened was Vancouver comes out, does whatever they want against the Kraken, and the Kraken had to play catch up from there. And while you start the second period valiantly, you're not able to capitalize on it. You're not able to get one past Demko. And from there, you know, there's only so much pushing you can do in a situation like that in the second period before, you know, you're going to leave yourself open, right? You start pushing a little bit too hard and you leave yourself open. And I think that's what ended up happening in the second. But yes, no, he was not like the happiest with um, their level of play as far as, you know, how 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 much time they could put together and string together and look good right well that's uh, that's good to hear at least so super chat here from sean thank you so much sean this community is fantastic rj and dylan thank you for everything therapy in the bad times and added joy in the good yeah definitely some therapy in here tonight um but uh you know good to have everybody here and i'm you know glad glad you got to see and we were talking about this a little bit earlier too how great this fan base is this morning how many people showed up for the morning skate you know how yeah. great that must must have been to be there to see that 
yeah, it was, I mean, it was crazy how many people there, right? I mean, it's a, it's a Can-Am tournament. So you had lots of uh, junior Blazers, junior Kelowna Rockets in the building, getting in to see a, an NHL team practice. That was big deal. Thanks to, thanks to them for putting on these I say that's good you. lighting on you. Yeah. Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Let's go tomorrow night. Um, and uh, so, yeah, th- you had that. I mean, it was, it was a madhouse in there, but it was a lot of people there excited to see the Kraken. That the Kraken looked good. I mean, you know, they're coming off that great win, got the day off yesterday. Just, I, I don't know what happened, right? I mean, they're, they're, everybody was saying the right things. Everybody seemed to have the right mindset. And then the game started and you just didn't do anything. Yeah. I mean, as, as Dave Haxtell said, I believe it was the, the practice where we overlapped before I came down here. He said, I like the effort. I like the consistency from this group. But whenever I say that, we seem to take a step back and it feels like, you know, that's the case again here. Um, super chat from Chip. Thank you, Chip. We need to see Dylan in one of those nifty winter classic jerseys. So Dylan, were you yeah. able to, to order one? I was able to order one. So I do not okay. have one. I wasn't going to have space to take it back with me. So mm-hmm. I, it's unfortunate, but I did go ahead and, and order one. Uh, I will let everybody guess what name and number are on the back. All right. So everyone put that in chat. Guess, uh, you know, what, uh, what name and number Dylan put on the Jersey there. And should I reveal uh, that tonight or should I just wait until I get the Jersey? Hmm. I don't know. I feel like we could do, you know, re- reveal it. I don't know. We could reveal it tonight and just have like first one in, in chat, you know, gets the bragging rights in chat or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know there's any like prizes we could do during the post game here, but um, everybody guess in chat. Yeah. What name and number. Maybe it's, it's not who you might think I'll say that much. Um, as everyone puts their guesses in here. So Dylan, I, there, there's um, interesting debate going on in the chat here. And I, and I love that, you know, we were able to have like these, I, as I look through chat here, there's like this long debate about this issue we were talking about. You've got multiple good points on either side of it here. Um, as far as, the, you know, fighting the responses after, you know, big hits, mm-hmm. something we've been talking about a lot this season, but you have a couple notable plays in this one, the, the hard, but clean hit from Hoaglander on Tanev early in the game. And then the, uh, not a penalty, but I think still should have been a penalty hit from Tyler Myers on Oliver Bjorkstrand catches him up in the chin later in the game. Bjorkstrand no real response too. Yeah. So I'm glad you agree with me on that, but you know, no real response from the Kraken on that aside from, I guess, you know, Karche maybe saying something to Hoaglander late in the game. And then Yanni Gord does drop the gloves late, but it's not against anyone who really did anything. What yeah. do you think about? Cause like we, we've had a good debate, you know, back and forth about like, what do the Kraken need to do? Is it even worth it to bring up someone like John Hayden? Would that help? Would it not? I mean, what's your take on the whole situation? Well, look, depending on how serious the situation is with Tanev and, you know, he, he tried it, he came out a little bit to test it right before the third period started, obviously was not able to go. Axel had no further updates beyond that. We'll see about tomorrow. Um, you know, yes, you, you're going to have probably potentially another open spot. You're going to need to bring somebody up. Um, they just sent back Polarowski, I'm pretty sure. So you're going you're gonna to have to bring somebody up. I don't know. I was I was kind of getting to this point already, uh, and I think being here and seeing it in person, it, it kind of drove it home for me. I don't know that they really do need a John Hayden type, and they need to be physical. They need to establish this whole, if you hit one of us, we got to come back and fight you kind of approach. Do you need to be tough against, tough to play against? Absolutely. Do you need other teams to know that they can't push you around? Absolutely. But I think the far bigger problem for this team is that they cannot string together 60-minute performances. The fact that I just watched another third period where they allowed three goals, they entered it down by one, and they had one shot on goal. That, that like, John Hayden's not fixing that, right? No. Standing up for your teammate <laughs> earlier in a game doesn't fix that. Like, nothing fixes that other than just playing better. And I think that's just something that they, they need to figure out. I think that's a much bigger problem for them um, because, you know, you, you can you can be tougher to play against. I mean, like Vancouver wasn't exactly really that tough in this game. They weren't going into the corners. They weren't bodying them up. They weren't doing much of any of that. I don't think that that changes the narrative tonight. But I think if you're able to, you know, put on a push in the third period down a goal, that's a much bigger deal. I was talking with Kate Sheffy of the Seattle Times earlier. Kraken have never come back from a two-goal deficit this season. 
haven't been able to do it. That's something you occasionally have to do in the National Hockey League, and I, I don't know that John Hayden's the guy to do that for you. Yeah, and something we've seen from the flip side of scores on Kraken games, you see is possible. Other teams do yes, it. Teams <laughs> we've do it seen a lot. that plenty. So yeah, I mean it's that that is a you know pretty shocking stat there. They haven't come back from a two goal deficit yet this season. And, and that's not even like story. to win a game. That's just in general. They have never yeah, been down by two and come back and tied it at all. And so I again I, I know and I understand it, and it is frustrating. It's something that I would want addressed if this larger problem wasn't already existing in the space yeah you, you gotta triage things you know a third period response on the shot counter is probably more important at least right now so we got some of the guesses in for the jerseys here uh you know zoe circling seattle sports and b all with larson and of course that that really makes sense of course knowing dylan uh, tungsten edge also with larson is it adam larson dylan it is not. I've already got that Adam Larson jersey, that sweet road jersey. I got picked up season one with the inaugural season patch. I, I, the, I, I'm good with that on Larson. Yeah, no. So I know you already have the Larson jersey. So you went with yeah. somebody else. Yeah. Uh, don't blame anyone for guessing Larson. That's kind of the obvious guess. Yeah. So Shoeshine guessing Tanev. We've got Bryce guessing Lausanne. Is it Jeremy Lausanne, Dylan? It is not Jeremy Lausanne. That would have been fantastic, especially if you know you will a trade into existence, right, RJ? Yeah, excellent. Uh, you know, just give the second round pick back, you know? Um, yeah, but that would be quite the Jersey foul. So we got Tanev, we got uh, Gilberto with Cartier. Um, has anyone gotten it right yet? None of the ones that you've said. I know people in chat did get it right. It has been guessed correctly. All right. So we got by two people, I believe. We got Jessica with Bjorkstrand. Um, and uh, yeah, and, and Gunnar with uh, Bjorkstrand. Is, is it maybe Oliver Bjorkstrand? It is. I was just going to say, I could give it the hint, which is it's another player that I vaguely have a connection to. Arguably, I have the strongest connection with Oliver Bjorkstrand, given he was uh, with the Winterhawks while I was with the Winterhawks. And so, sure enough, it is Oliver Bjorkstrand. I, I went ahead and did that because of that connection there uh, for the two of us, both uh, both being part of the Winterhawks organization at the same time. And I just thought, you know, he plays fantastic, RJ. I love the way he plays. I love the style he plays. He's having a fantastic year this year. And tell me, if you if you went back a hundred years to look at a hockey player, wouldn't he fit in really well as the newsboy uh, shouting out that the, the Metropolitans won the Stanley Cup? I think Jared McCann would fit in the best on the team. He's got the the best old school hockey player face. But I think oh, totally. I think Yorkstrand has the has the best like old school, just like you know he'd be like the little newsy running around uh, with the fun hat on. Oh, totally. Be wearing the hat and everything, you know, extra, extra, read all about it. Metropolitans win the Stanley Cup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's perfect. So I'm uh, looking forward to when that comes in, you know, be saying, hey, Bjorkstrand is a good pick. I agree with that. Uh, good job on the on the pick for the jersey there. Um, so let's see. Congrats also to everyone who guessed it correctly. Jessica, Gunnar, good job. Um, uh, shout out to uh, Jessica and Lonnie for the uh, the pretzel over at the beer hall before the game. Uh, it was fantastic to meet both of you finally. And uh, thank you. Thank you very, very much for, for helping me fulfill my pretzel fix. Finally able to do it, RJ. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much to uh, Jessica and Lonnie showing Dylan the love while he's up in Seattle. Really appreciate that for, from everyone who's been able to, to uh, run into Dylan while he's been up there. I, you know, I can always tell him about how great all of you are to see and meet in person, but it doesn't have the same effect, you know, as Dylan actually getting to be up there, experience it himself. So, you know, thanks to everyone, uh, you know, who, who got to hang out with Dylan there. Yeah. Um, yeah, met, so met so many people this trip. It's been so fantastic. Thanks to all of you have stopped by said hi stop me out on a concourse all that good stuff it's, it's been fantastic yeah that is great um so i'm gonna as i kind of scroll through chat here i'm can gonna I, can I pick one real quick yeah go ahead go Just ahead this this comes off of what you know we were talking about earlier with the whole like do they need to respond more uh and i, I think there was another one in here too but i'm looking at the one um from uh chazzle dazzle and it's if you're not going if you aren't going to make a physical difference about these hits you have to score and I think that's a big part of this too, right? Because you have, what, eight minutes of power play time in this one and the Kraken don't score. And again, I think that that kind of goes to the larger problem of they were able to get a lot of puck movement in this one. It felt like the one time they weren't going net front, RJ, was when they were on the power play. And I don't know, you're going to have to face Demko all year, right? You're going to have to face him again. And, you know, if you make the playoffs, they're going to be a high seed. Kraken are not going to be a high seed. 
might have to face him in the playoffs. The one thing I, the, the scouting report on Thatcher Jemko right now in my mind is get in, get, get in his face, get your shot off, have a second person there for a rebound. And the Kraken were never able to get somebody there for the rebound. They've been doing a fantastic job these last couple games, right? We've been looking at the shot charts, all that kind of stuff. They're doing such a good job of generating super high-quality scoring chances. Money puck, it's just a, a sea of big bubbles there right around the crease for the Kraken. But the one thing they haven't done is had people there for follow-up opportunities. And I feel like that's got to be the kind of the next step to this when you're facing a goaltender like Thatcher Demko, a big guy gets in front of it, right? He's not going to give up a ton of a rebound either. I thought he was really impressive when it came to his rebound control. But when you're facing somebody like him, Shesterkin comes to mind. Some of those more elite-tier goaltenders, it's great that you're going there. You're getting that high-quality look. The way to beat them is with that follow-up chance, right? And and I felt like Vancouver was able to do that against Joey tonight, and the Kraken were just not able to do it against Demko. Right. And it's, it reminds me of like the, well, what they didn't do, but in the Tampa game, like they were able to get guys right to the front of it against a very good Tampa team. Like that's how you exercise the demons there. Second, third opportunities. I I think that's right. Well, it wasn't wasn't in that that game, game, he's been hurt. But it's that same, it's that same idea of when you're facing a a very large goaltender, right? Mm -hmm. These are all, Johnson is a big goalie. Yeah. These are all big guys. And they're guys that are that you know pucks hit them and they die and they fall right in front of them, or they like to make a lot of pad saves, right? These are all guys I think of as making pad saves. Shesterkin, uh, Demko, they, they make a lot of pad saves. That means there's a rebound there, right? There's always a rebound in and around the crease, but it's in and around the crease. It doesn't pop out wide or something like that. So you got to make sure you have that follow-up person going ahead and splitting the defense. Defense is all turned around at that point, right? They're all watching the shot. This is what NHL defenses do. They shouldn't be doing it, but they all do, <laughs> the Kraken included. But you got to have somebody there who can then, you know, skate past them while they're not paying attention and, and be there for the rebound. Yeah, and also you look at the one goal that they did score on the power play, even though it didn't count with Matty Beneers, but you've got the perfect screen there from Kyler Yamamoto in front yes. of the net. Demko right. couldn't track that puck at all. <sighs> Like if, if that goal counts, no. I feel like it's this is a different game here, and they've learned this lesson. Like, okay, get in front, screen, it's working. There, there were so many like if if this thing happens, the rest of the game is different. In this one, you have that opportunity. You have the start, the first ten minutes of the second period. If the, if the Kraken are able to capitalize on one of those incredible chances they were getting, I mean, they the puck could not leave Vancouver's zone, right? If they're able to score one there. You, you tie it up or it's it's 2-1 earlier, all that kind of stuff, you're, you're fine. You're, you're in an okay shape. But they just weren't able to get that done, and, and um, you know, the game ends up kind of getting out of hand in the third. Yep, agreed. Uh, Going to read this chat here from Paul. Uh, Thanks for meeting me at the first intermission, Dylan. So, uh, just jumped on me. Uh, so great to connect with you twice this week. Looking forward to seeing you at the Winter Classic. So, <laughs> I see there's got something over going on over yes. there. Yeah, no, it was fantastic to to meet you again, Paul, talk hockey, break down the first period together. It was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, as always, I mean, it, my, my, my text messages are always open, Paul. Yep, absolutely. So there, I think some people are now kind of maybe thinking about next season a little bit too. Um, you know, Sean earlier said, I'm afraid nothing fixes ultimately uh, other than getting through this season, getting to the off season, spending the money that needs to be available. Um, and then um, lights. I do dream of next season. Still. I won't lie. Shane and Riker IMO will change this team for the better. So much Paul agreeing with that uh, Viren talking about Nylander in the off season. I, I know it's tempting to think about next season, Dylan, but uh, I mean, it's you gotta keep our minds no, no, no. present a little bit, right? You're what 22 games in? Yeah, <laughs> there's, there's 60, a lot of there's time 60 left. Games left, and it's not like the Kraken are out of it, right? I mean, look, you were you they were in a playoff spot for Thanksgiving. I know I kind of put a little bit of cold water on that last post game. Sorry, uh, I guess I shouldn't <laughs> have, but no, it's it's one of those things where there is so much hockey left, and I do think you do have to stay the course. They're kind of in one of those situations where with this group. Can they figure it out? They have to kind of figure it out themselves. We've talked about that. We know what the trade market is right now. A lot of the stuff that's out there doesn't really make sense for the Kraken unless you're going to do a major shakeup, right? You're going to trade somebody super significant. But uh, I just don't see the Kraken doing that. The thing is, they've shown us at various points this season that they have the ability to turn it around. 
They showed us all last year with virtually the same exact group of players that they can go on runs. They can win a month straight if they need to, right? They can be road warriors and all of that kind of stuff. I still think they have it in them. They just need to figure out this effort issue, which is still new to them. And if they're, if they're able to just hang around, right? They're able to go on a stretch the way they just did. Again, where it's you're, you're picking up points. I guess this would now be what? Like eight of their last 10, they picked up at least a point. You're yeah. able to continue to do that, tread water, stay in there, right? Stay in that wild card picture. And then you're able to turn things around, whether it's after the Winter Classic in the new year, whether it's, you know, at the start of December with the, with the calendar changing. At whatever point they're able to figure it around, as long as they've kept themselves in there, they should be fine and we'd be having totally different discussions. Because again, there's 60 games left. Yeah, there's a lot of time left. You know, Deron saying, don't write off this season yet, especially in the Pacific Division. And I agree with that. And I think what people are, might be feeling is just that this team, there's clearly a potential there out there that is just not being reached. And it can be frustrating, especially when it feels like as soon as they have it figured out, they take a step back. And, and I understand the feeling that like the only thing that really can fix it is like a William Nylander. But I, I do think this group has it within them without another addition to fix those things. We've seen the flashes of brilliance already. It's just about figuring it out. And I, I think you, you've made a good point there. If they can just tread water long enough and just pick up points until you can figure it out. Like that's kind of the name of the game this season. Right. And I, and I see some of the comments here in chat. I mean, it, be patient doesn't make for interesting discussion, however accurate it might be. I know it doesn't. Right. And it, it's, it's, I, it, yeah, sorry if I'm, if I'm changing kind of the discussion, I know, you know, it's, it's important that, that everybody gets to have their say in, in this. Um, uh, but I also think like Bryce is right here. The West is top heavy enough right now that the Kraken could still be, uh, you know, this weird sometimes and, and you can sneak into the playoffs. I think then you can start having the longer discussion kind of like, uh, Sean's trying to say where if even if you make the playoffs are you really going on a run you have to try there isn't really an alternative is the problem right this is this is not a team that's like you know trying to rebuild and oh well they just didn't get, quite get it started and take that next step this year but they can do it again next year and they'll just add another asset to the cupboard this is a team that that needs to go now Right. You've, you've got Yanni Gord for this year and next year. And that's kind of it. You've got Everly for potentially only this year. Right. These are strong pieces. These are the guys that, that are the most consistent on an inconsistent team right now. And you need to make the most of that while you have them around to, to educate the young guys, teach the young guys and, and help establish a culture because you're still only two years old and 22 games. And, yeah. and that culture is still up in the air, especially right now this year. And so I still think that's important. Yeah, I think so too. And, and speaking of culture, um, you know, Duran saying Belmar's a veteran who knows what it takes to win. And, and then Daniel a little bit later asking what you thought about Belmar's play, kind of being able to see him in person there. Um, you know, what, what have you thought of his game? Really the last three games that you've been able to see in person. And then also just kind of given where this team culture is at, you know, how important is he to the room? So uh, I guess I'll start with that second question first. He is a guy just, you know, when you're in practice, morning skate, whatever, when he walks into the room, he's always got a smile on his face. Right, RJ? You know this. Oh, yeah. He's always talking. He's engaging with people, with his teammates, I should say, right? He's not exactly like walking up to the media. Hey, let's talk. Let's have a big conversation, right? Nobody would do that. Uh, no player would ever do that. But he's, he's engaged with his teammates. He's always looking for somebody to talk to. You can see him scan the locker room and just go over and talk to somebody or call them over to his booth and get things going. And I think that's really important, especially if a team is going through a patch the way they're going through right now, where maybe they're inconsistent, they're treading water, you're about 500, you're giving up leads, all that kind of stuff. To keep that camaraderie going, to keep those relationships going, to keep a positive energy around as he's, you know, whether he's speaking French, he's always got that smile, all that good stuff. It is insanely important. And I think he's doing a great job of that right now. And, and it is something that I don't know the Kraken have ever had, RJ. I mean, obviously, you've been in the locker room these past couple of years far more than I have. But for the road games I've been on, for the games here at CPA I've been on, I don't know that anybody else has ever really done that to the extent that he has since he's come in. As for on the ice stuff, I mean, I will, I will go back to what I said before, which was Shane Wright was kind of coming in and doing the role player aspects he was doing 
but also generating chances. And I feel like he that's the aspect of his game that just has not, you know, come over with him this season. I, I don't feel like he's been a big offensive threat. And then to be perfectly honest, watching him in person where I could really zero in on him here, it's kind of lost in the defensive zone. He'll go to track a player and it's kind of the wrong read. So I, I don't know how consistent an issue that's been for him because it's hard to always kind of keep track of that on TV, um, especially coming back on the back check through the transition. But it, it was it was a little worrying for me. Yeah, and Coop asking, you know, if we're just going to ignore the stats then because he's so so good in the room. No, I mean, we're not going to ignore the stats because I think on oh, the ice... Yeah, to be better. Yeah, there's certainly a lot left to be desired. And certainly after seeing Shane Wright in that role, you, you can kind of see the, the difference that maybe a guy who's a little better on the ice can make. Um, so I think it is something to, to watch out for. Um, you know, I, I do think he needs to be a little bit better um, on the ice anyway. Um, and then what do you think about this one, Dylan? This comment from uh, Mythian. The team is bad and not fun to watch. I think it's fine to sneak into the playoffs if your team is fun to watch, but bad. But the product uh, being put out is frankly just not fun to watch at best. So you've been there for the last three games. Um, I mean, what do you think about? Because I, I understand the idea of like, you know, losing fun hockey and, you know, winning, yeah. you know, boring hockey. Like, where do you think this team is at on the fun meter? I'm also curious too, just if anyone wants to like put in chat kind of their thoughts on that as well. Cause um, you know, like when we're covering these games, it's kind of hard for us to like, you know, engage in the fun side a ton, but like, what do you, what do you think about that? Yeah. I look, I, I'm, and I've always taken this line, right. Everything we've ever done with ECH sports is an entertainment business. It needs to be entertaining. You need to do everything in your power, whether you're the league, the team, the player, the coach, to make it entertaining for fans because that's what makes this work. If fans aren't entertained, they don't show up, they don't spend their money on it, and then it doesn't exist, right? Sports isn't this concept that has to exist within a society. It only exists because we all decide to like it. And so I, I very much believe in that it needs to be entertaining. And I will agree, they're not very entertaining right now. They're not. When you consistently put forward third period efforts where you're getting sub five shots on goal, Right when it's the time to come back and win a game, which is exciting. When it's the time to hold on to a lead, which is exciting. All of the things that make sports entertaining, where you're on the edge of your seat, where your heart is pumping, where every single shot both ways has you going, ah, 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 right? That's what sports needs to be. That's what hockey needs to be. And this team, the way they play, they, they just cannot do that, right? For whatever reason. They're like incapable of doing that because they just can't show up for third periods when entertainment is, is you know, where that needs to be. That's what's where it's easiest to come by. That's where it's the most emotionally engaging if that game is close. And they do such a good job of, of getting into third periods where the game is close, right? Yeah. And, and they, could, they have the setup, but they just can't seem to, to figure that out. Right. And I think there's also an important distinction to make here, too, that's being pointed out in chat. And thank you for everyone in chat weighing in. Um, you know, Casey had a lot of fun watching the Kraken whoop, whoop the Canucks last time we played them, but they don't seem to be playing well at home. And then Mythian following up, you know, is the original one with the question. I, I say this as a half season ticket holder. It's rough going to games and it's just frustrating to watch. I think the fun factor, too, I think they've played some really fun games to watch, up tempo games, exciting games, even ones that yeah. they've lost. Just most of them have been on the road. They have been, and that was something that was I, I've heard from several people that I talked to while I've been up here. <laughs> it's also something that, that Vince Dunn talked about tonight. Like, that was kind of the thing he kept coming back to was just, you know, and uh, this is not a direct quote from him at all, but it was just like, why can't we win at home? Right? Because this is, this is, unlike the effort issue, which is very much, you know, singled out to this season, the not winning at home that that's never happened for this Kraken team, right? Last year was a fantastic season for them. They weren't winning at home. Season one, they weren't winning, period. So that included at home. But season two, yeah. they did, they won a lot, but they didn't win at home very consistently. And that's continued this year. That I do think, you know, again, when we're talking about like problems that need to be figured out and addressed and really truly dissected, and everybody in that room needs to take a hard look at themselves, rather than the whole standing up for teammates kind of thing, it. It might need, you know, why can't we win at home in our building? What about our routine is throwing us off? Why is this such a problem for us? And why is it one of the major things holding us back? It's again, that's where personally I would want everybody kind of sending and, and channeling all of their energy into to try to find a fix. 
Yeah, I, I think so too. And this is definitely being pointed out elsewhere in chat too, Sean. Lack of team entertainment is a real problem at CPA. Um, and then Ed Duran, until this season's Canucks team, generally boring hockey was winning hockey. Vancouver's proving you can be an exciting team and win. You know, part of that is, you know, is a bit of shooting luck. But and I think the Kraken maybe saw that a little bit last season too. You know, yeah. when you're shooting at a really high percentage, like it, it kind of makes things more fun because you're scoring. But I do think in the NHL nowadays, a decade ago, it wasn't like this. You know, 10 years ago, 2012, yeah. 2013, boring hockey was winning hockey. But I don't yep. think it necessarily has to be anymore. No, I mean, the league has really worked kind of hard to, to, to get away from that, right? Like, I mean, nobody can tell me with a straight face, right, that those Kings teams, those two Kings teams that won Stanley Cups, RJ, were, were really all that exciting to watch from a fundamentals of hockey standpoint, right? It was dump and chase, beat the other team's blue line into submission so that you could win in game seven every series, right? Like, that's basically what they did. It was... I guess it was fun if you're into that, but the only people into that are coaches. So um, it was, it, it's one of those things they have worked on. Scoring has gone up. They've worked on ways different systems have come in. The players are just different, right? The players coming in, they're used to not playing physical when they're younger. They're used to focusing on developing skills. You look at guys like Logan Cooley here. I'm going to out Logan Cooley here, who has all these videos from when he's eight, nine, ten years old out there on YouTube of him demonstrating how to do like trick shots. You look at Trevor Zegras and he's out there and he's trying to do Michigan's in NHL games. And it's because that was their focus through development. It wasn't here. You got to learn how to hip check somebody, right? If you want to make it through juniors and all of that stuff that we used to see, because there's been more of an emphasis on developing skill. There's been less of an emphasis on things like fighting, being super tough at a young age, having checking at all at certain age groups that they used to have checking at. And so I, I do think that there's an element of that that the whole league is, is moving towards just because the youth leagues have changed. Yeah, and that's, you know, thankfully a good, you know, change to the game there. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of scrolling here through chat and there's a, a couple things because there's there's been this larger conversation going on. Here, go, yeah, go ahead. I was Dylan. just going to say, I think what we have right now developing RJ is our, the next episode of The Deep Dive where we talk about the core of the Kraken and who actually is that and what is the long-term approach. I know as, I, as I'm seeing this develop, I was trying to think of like the best way to kind of jump into this, but there, there were so many good comments, like one after the other. I'm like, well, okay, you know, where do I start on this? But yeah, I think that's probably on, on our end, probably better for like a, a longer form discussion about the core. Cause I think there's stuff, more stuff I just also need to kind of think about and really flesh out what we've seen recently, you know, the returns from this season and kind of where that leaves the core. The one thing I will add personally though, is I know somebody up ahead here, I'm sorry, I don't remember who it was, uh, was worried about kind of just being mid forever in that, you know, dreaded middle tier, like the flyers were for so long. I don't think the Kraken are any, any danger of that because of the prospects coming, because the way yeah. you get caught in that tier is by not drafting well. And yeah. so far what we've seen, the Kraken have drafted very, very well. And I think there's a lot of agreement with that statement, you know, in the comments here. They, I mean, they what got the top scorer in the WHL, the OHL and Liga right now. Like pretty darn good. When was the last time a team could say that? Right. So I'm with you. They, they might be mid right now. I would say right now this Kraken oh, yeah. team is the definition of mid. Uh, but the, the future doesn't look like that. I will also say, RJ, for the deep dive, it's, I think it would be interesting to kind of take a look at things beyond just contracts because we, we tend to do that a lot. Obviously, you do a fantastic job on the Patreon arm, armchair GM streams. But I think it's, it's time to maybe take a look at the idea of, okay, what does the core look like from a culture standpoint, from a development standpoint? What is the timeline for the pieces in place that Ron Francis is going to have to work with? Who, who become the expendable pieces, right, as you try to, to make hockey trades around said core? Because that's something that every team that has gone on to, to have multiple successful seasons, you know, does. I think those are the conversations that we need to start looking at rather than, you know, Wenberg's contract's up at the end of the year. That frees up this roster spot. It gives us the money to maybe go make a run at a Willie Nylander. And, you know, we take a very, like, GM kind of look at, at things when it comes to that stuff. I, I do wonder if we should start taking more of, like, an in-the-room look at things. Yeah, well, certainly with the issues that they've had this season, I think it's something we've taken for granted kind of uh, the last two years that, like, that stuff is sorted out. It'll take care of itself. It just 
felt infallible, but now I think we're having to ask a little bit more of those questions. And, and I do acknowledge certainly like, I like to have that just kind of straight line GM thinking there's contracts, there's assets. There's a lot more to it than that. And I, I, I do recognize that even if it's not the stuff I like to nerd out about as much, uh, but you're definitely right on that. Um, so, and then Byron, really looking forward to the prospect chat. There's also that too, you know, with the future yeah. being bright, we do have the prospect chat for the patrons coming up on the 30th and a little less than a week's time. Uh, so, you know, make sure to sign up for the Patreon. You can join Dylan for that. It's going to be a really fun one. Yeah. First time ever that I'm going to rank the Kraken prospect. So that, Exciting. I mean, that it's nerve wracking RJ. I was trying to take a look at things yesterday. Right. I was just like, oh my gosh, like you, you think you've got something going and then you're just like, Oh, I forgot about that guy. And it's like, oh, he's got to he's got to be top five, right? Then the next thing you know, your top five is seven guys, eight guys, twelve guys, and you're like, wait a second. <laughs> yeah, you, you rank one guy below another, and then he puts up a four point game yeah. the next night. You know, it's it's really incredible what they're able to do. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's going to be really fun, and yeah, interested to see your rankings. I'm sure you'll have yep. a couple that'll cause some controversy. Uh, probably. Um, now, here's also an interesting thing is everybody's talking about the whole three to five year plan and all that kind of stuff. What would be more interesting? Mm -hmm. People saying they, they would rather write the, them give minutes to younger guys and play younger guys. You know, we've talked about it many times. We've talked about it with people uh, this trip, RJ, season ticket holders and, and then, you know, that that whole situation around that. Is yeah. there a point in time where you think okay, if, the, if that's more so what the fans want, you just kind of punt on the season and you bring up Shane Wright, Ryan Winterton, you just go, go for it, right? Like you, you just, you just do that because if it's, if it's getting butts in seats and it's what's getting people to renew season tickets, because it gets them excited for the next three or five years, there, there might be something to say for that. I know the team would never do that. Ron Francis would never yeah, do that. Never. Let, let's take that off the table. Okay. But I think that that's an interesting thought experiment for a sports team because they don't do that all that often. No, but the ultimate thing at the end of the day, what gets butts and seats is wins. And certainly where the expectations were set after this last season, I think if you don't make the playoffs, there's going to be that disappointment no matter who's on the ice. I think you're going to really struggle to see the excitement, especially if you have Shane Wright playing, you know, third or fourth line minutes it's not going to make things a whole lot better if you're not winning the games. And then you yeah. have to ask the question, you know, does that really, does bringing up the young guys really make you a better team right now? And I mean, the answer might be yes. We have that Belmar versus Shane Wright conversation, but certainly with a guy like Shane Wright, you just can't jeopardize his long-term development. Still count me in the Ron Francis camp there. Like you got to stick to the plan, but I understand it, you got to make a trade before that. Like you got to do something else yeah. before you make that call. Yeah. And realistically, like we said, I know it's not the answer any of us want to hear. It's not the answer I want to be giving either, everybody. Trust me. But it's they're just going to ride this out. Yeah. That's all you can do this year. Yeah. So as as we hit the hour three mark, and man, I feel like I could talk for another hour. We're just, you know, we're getting into these really interesting conversations that'll probably go over into the deep dive uh, next week. But uh, kind of last call in chat here. Any any kind of things to close on? Uh, and in the meantime, Dylan, I mean, any any takeaways from this week of games being there in person. I know you guys kind of asked you a similar question after the last game in San Jose. I mean, any, anything special about this one? If not, I can, I can kind of punt to another comment here. No, I mean, look, it's, it's been so fantastic to be up here. Like I said, the number one thing for me has been being able to meet people and hang out, whether it's, whether it's people like, you know, Paul earlier that I, I had met previously, whether it's people like Jessica and Lonnie, who I'm, I was able to meet for the first time. And I know I'm, I'm singling those, groups out, but I've been able to meet so many of all of you. Uh, people tell me, you know, you're, you're listening to this right now on your commute back home after the game, right? Um, all, all of the great stuff. That's, it's, I, I can't really put it into words, like how special it is, how much it means to me to be able to do something like that and, and put faces to the names that I see in these chats all the time. And, and to just have that kind of real human connection beyond, you know, talking from, 1800 miles away or whatever it is so I, I will always say that that makes it special and then the other thing is i forget how incredible all the people that you get to work with all the time at rrj it's pretty right? great huh yeah being able to, to communicate with all of them they're all nice they're all knowledgeable they're all just wonderful human beings and being able to be in in an atmosphere and in a culture 
like that is is really really special and so i, I do want to give them a shout out um yeah no, I love, love that message there. And, um, you know, certainly after, after Thanksgiving, again, yeah, I've been, I've been feeling thankful for a lot of things. I know a lot of us have, so, you know, glad yeah. you got to spend the time there. Um, so right, lightning as, as, round, RJ, let's do it. Huh? Lightning round. Let's do it. All right. Lightning round. <laughs> Go ahead. All right. Let's see. No, it's fine. no, no, I can do it. I can do it. Um, uh, where do, where do I start? Wait, like I got a question. You Where's you the question? Huh? How did Hayden, yeah. How did Hayden get suspended, but not Melanson? Go. Next question. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Uh, let's see. I, I was going to say, look, I have no idea how the AHL works when it comes to that kind of stuff, who the decision makers are. I mean, things are things are unbelievably more casual within that league uh, than from the NHL. So I, I guess I will say that. I, you know, I'll, I'll just kind of blame it on that maybe. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Lightning round continues. Chazzle dazzle. Maddie will rebound. He certainly will matter of, you know, of when, but you know, he, he will yeah. rebound. He has um, the last like week up until this game really. He's looked great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Not tonight, but, but up until this game, certainly. Um, and uh, light Vegas didn't hurt their fan base. They won the cup and brought Vegas a sports championship. We criticized their player moves, but it paid off. And I know there was a comment earlier that like missing the playoffs can actually help you sometimes. I am a big believer in that. Generally, it's not what the Kraken need right now, but like, it's certainly what Vegas needed. It's what San Jose needed in 2015. I remember that well going to the cup final the next year. It can help you in the long run. Yeah. It, it look, it gives you time to rest and recover, especially if you're a team that, like that's that sharks team that had lots of long runs already. So it's just a lot of hockey on bodies that are aging. And there's an element of that potentially with the Kraken, right? It's not all of these guys are, are 20 years old. Like Maddie is um, it's, it's that aspect. It's the resetting of expectations. It lights a fire like nothing else, right? You play in a league where half the teams make the playoffs and then you're on the outside looking in. I can't think of anything that's a better motivator, right? Uh, outside, you know, outside of like money, but they all already have that because they're in the <laughs> league. So yep. that's the next best thing. So I, I, there are things that can do that. It helps reset the expectation maybe for the fan base, take some pressure off people. But yeah, it's, it's a tough one. All right. So last chat here, we'll close it out with AKA possibly suit up Afra. Do it. She's ready. She's so ready the cold weather right now oh my gosh she'd be loving it if she was up here she's she is ready they could do it good put her in coach we know dave haxtell likes dogs we've seen him interact with davy jones yep no she she would be she would be great in there i think she could kind of do you know fill in for tana a little bit right mm -hmm. she's got that energy you've seen her you've seen her run around in circles rj yeah i've, I've run around with chasing her around in circles yeah she looks exactly like him on the pk she's just running over here to this person running over here to that person right back and forth she's the solution to the pk with tanavel yep she is the tanav replacement that is perfect all right so thank you everyone for joining us for this post game live presented by flat stick pub thanks again to flat stick pub for sponsoring each and every one of these post game lives through good through bad they're with us they're part of the ech community go show them some love thanks everyone for watching and we will see you next time